Thank you for listening to this week's message from New Day Community Church in Vandalia. We hope this message encourages and blesses you. Look us up and contact us at newdaycommunity.org. glad to be here to see some familiar faces, a couple faces that I don't recognize. But I want to tell you guys, um, our senior pastor, Cameron, and associate pastor, Mark, they flew down yesterday to Mexico. They got there late last night. And so this morning, they're actually going to be ministering at two different churches. They're both speaking this morning, and they're going to be teaching all week at um, pastors schools and and they're just going to be able to minister so much the thirty thousand dollars that we were able to send down to josh's um ministry for the pastor training center um you know they were able to bring that money and uh pastor cameron and pastor mark will be there to dedicate that building and so i'm just so so excited that they're there and can't wait to hear about it all when they come back Um, So today we are talking about steps to victory. We are on a year-long theme of the three journeys and taking this first trimester of the year to talk about the inward journey, that that part of the journey where we um, just want to grow in our own spiritual lives and become more Christ-like. And so I really encourage you to just um, commit, you know, we have through the end of April... Um, to focus on the inward journey, to just really grab hold of this. And and where can we grow? Where can we um, become more Christ-like? And so um, today we're just going to look at hopefully some practical steps. And I know, um, you know, we're all at at a different place in this. Some of you have probably found your own steps, um, to overcome and in, in sin areas in your life and you're in a place of victory. And I know a lot of us are probably, um, you know, in the midst of that, maybe we're, we're struggling to, to work it out and to find freedom. And, and some of you, you know, could be discouraged. Like I have tried to overcome in this certain area of sin for so long. It just kind of feels hopeless, you know? So, wherever you're at this morning, I just pray that the Lord would um, speak to you, that the Holy Spirit would encourage you this morning, that, that uh, something that I would say, that he would, it would be his words just for you to encourage you and give you that hope and give you some steps like, yeah, I'm going to try this and I'm going to be able to overcome because that's his heart for all of us. Okay. So I came across this, um, little story when I was preparing for this message and this, this is someone's prayer. And they said, um, okay, dear God, uh, so far today I have done all right. I've, I've not gossiped. I have not lost my temper. I haven't been rude. I haven't been selfish. And I am so glad of that. But in a minute, I'm going to get up and get out of bed. (laughs) And then I'm really going to need your help. I thought that was so funny. That's the reality, right? Every day we're faced with things and we need his help. So my question to you this morning is what would you like to overcome? I would love for you to have a thing or two in your mind as I'm talking about steps that you can sort of start applying those steps to. 
You know, it could be, let's just get real. It could be anything. It could be overeating. It could be, um, you know, unwholesome communication with your spouse where destructive words are being passed back and forth. It could be crude joking, anger, rage, slander, um, sexual immorality, um, avoiding God, you know, running away from him, having a judgmental negative attitude. I don't know what it is. Um, um, jealousy or envy, anything like that. But let's just, um, let's really apply these steps today to something practical in your lives. Okay. So our first, our main, uh, scripture text here is found in Ephesians four, and we're going to spend most of our time in Ephesians today. Um, I'm just going to read this with the Lord's authority. I say this, live no longer as the Gentiles do, for they are hopelessly confused. So the Gentiles represent uh, people who are not in relationship with the Lord. Their minds are full of darkness. They wander far from the life God gives because they have closed their minds and hardened their hearts against him. They have no sense of shame. They live for the lustful pleasure and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. But that isn't what you learned about Christ. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him... Throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. So that's what we want to do. Put off that old nature and put on the new. And so my message is in two, two parts. So we've got like two main steps to victory. And the first one is acknowledge the situation. All right, what's step one? Yes, so take a good look at where you're at. Um, um, and let's call sin what it is, sin. Let's not be in denial. Um, it's just a reality for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We've all got something, so let's not pretend like we don't or be in denial that, oh, that's not really a big deal. That's just normal in my family. Everyone's always like that. It's not a big deal. No, it, if it's a sin, it's a sin, you know, or if it's just normal in our culture, it's pretty normal in our culture to be judgmental or, you know, anything. A lot of things, a lot of sins are normal in our culture, you know. Let's not um, <clears throat> just be okay with that. You know, God's not okay with that. So, um, but the Holy Spirit will convict us, right? And so that's why we want to have a close relationship with the Lord because he's so great how he convicts us because he'll, he'll tell us what's up, but it's somehow he can do it lovingly at the same time. It's amazing. Um, and, and, and I want us all to just be willing to be humble. It takes humility to admit that we have a sin that we need to work on, you know? And so I just encourage you to um, be humble. All right. Uh, under the heading of um, acknowledging the situation, we want to go to God. When we realize we've sinned, the best thing we can do is just run straight to God, okay? Not away from him. And the temptation is to run away from him, isn't it? That's what Adam and Eve did in the garden. They hid. They ran away from him. Jonah didn't like what God had to say. He ran away. 
But did that work for Jonah? Because what does God do if we run from him? <laughs> he waits. He pursues. He just keeps coming. Okay, you're going to go. Well, I'll just keep coming, pursuing. He just, if we run from him, even our whole life, if you choose to run from God your whole life, he's just going to keep pursuing you your whole life. And hopefully, you know, you'll turn and, and, and we'll stop running from him. But, and Pastor Mark actually talked a lot about this two weeks ago when he spoke here. I loved his message. Um, but he said, if you run from God, it's an ungodly belief is what's causing you to behave that way. And so it could be that you believe God isn't good uh, or that he won't forgive you or that he's not going to really satisfy you like that sin can. Or, um, or he's just going to be too harsh. You can't face it. But if you have a tendency to run from God when you sin, I'm telling you, there's an ungodly belief there that you will gain so much freedom if you can pray through that. Just a quick side note. I, uh, my husband and I, um, lead the healing and restoration ministry at New Day. And, um, so oftentimes when we speak, we're both on the preaching team. We will talk about healing and restoration, um, tools. And, and these are prayers to connect people with the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit can heal their hearts. If they have areas of, of woundedness, we all do not if it's a matter of when, um, we deal with it anyway. <clears throat> So um, what I did is I'm going to refer to just a couple of the tools that we have. And um, in case you need them, I put them on the little table on the way out. You can just use them as a resource. Um, so ungodly beliefs is one of the tools there for you that you can grab if you want to use that. All right. So deal with that ungodly belief that causes you to run away from God so that you are freed up to easily run toward him when you uh, fall into temptation. Okay, so the next thing um, we want to confess. So once we run to God, God, I confess. I, um, I kind of said yes to the enemy when he tempted me and I sinned. And this is a sin. This is not me. I actually don't even like it, God. It's not my identity. This isn't who I really am, you know. And, um, you know, sin may be pleasurable in the moment, but no matter how pleasurable in the moment, it always is going to make us feel worse the next day or the next hour. Um, it doesn't really ever satisfy fully. So anyway, we want to um, confess it. Proverbs 28, 7 says, <clears throat> um, he who conceals his sins does not prosper, but whoever confesses and renounces them finds mercy. Oh, I love that. Okay, so we want to confess it and we want to repent. God, would you forgive me? I am sorry for, um, for lying. Uh, I'm sorry for being envious of my sister or whatever it might be. And repent means to go the other way, um, to do a 180. You know, if you were going toward grumbling and complaining all the time in your mind, just kind of negative, grumbly, complaining in your mind, you turn from that and you go toward thankfulness and joy. You know, if you were um, going toward 
jealousy and, and envious thoughts. You just constantly find yourself, oh, that's not fair. Oh, you know, look at what they have, you know, and just always thinking that you have less or other people are um, better off than you. You know, turn from that and turn, turn towards gratefulness and contentment and joy for the good that someone else is experiencing in their life. All right, so that is step, that's uh, part one. Step one, acknowledge the situation. The next step is, um, sorry, I wish I was better at the clicker, you guys. Um, I'm doing my best <laughs> with this clicker. Okay, so part two, go on offense. We don't want to just acknowledge it and stay there. We want to start going on offense, moving towards taking ground back that the, that the enemy has stolen. We want to advance. And this is a choice. I, I uh, came across um, um, this, this passage in Joshua where Joshua is encouraging the Israelites, kind of giving them a charge to go on offense. And he says, Now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods your forefathers worshipped beyond the river and in, and in Egypt and serve the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods your forefathers served or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living, what was normal in their culture, but as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. And so there was this, this choice. And so um, I think we all need to determine in our hearts, I'm going to serve the Lord, you know. And then we want to renew. Okay, so we renew our minds. This is the most common thing I think people think of when they think about steps to victory and overcoming sin. Because um, it's a great one, right? Um, we want to, in renewing our mind, we, we want to pray just a cleansing from all the junk that was in our mind. So, Father, would you just wash my mind clean? The thoughts I used to think, the images that I would dwell on, you know, would you um, wipe that clean, Father, and um, instead fill me with the good, fill me with Holy Spirit, fill me with the truth, so that I can think new thoughts and have a transformed mind. Um, Romans 12, 2 says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. As we renew our mind, we are transformed. And then we'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. And then in Philippians 4, 8, we're encouraged to think about things um, that are true, that are noble, it says, um, I'll just read it as it is. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And so that's what can kind of be our check. Like, what's running through my mind? Is it, is it pure thoughts? Is it excellent? Is it praiseworthy is it admirable and um, just fill our minds with scripture and truth and memorize and, and that can really
help us in, in overcoming. Um, but um, we don't want to stop there. We don't want to only um, work it out in our minds because um, the, the wisdom that we gain in our minds to understand what we need to do to overcome should also draw us to have uh, wisdom and understanding of our heart condition. What's going on down here? It can't just stop up here. And um, so, so examine, use that wisdom and that knowledge that he is filling you with to take a good look at your heart and say, okay, what's going on in there? Why did I fall for that sin? What was it providing for me? What wound was that sin tending? Or, um, you know, we want to allow God to heal the wound that first desired that sin. Okay? So, um, here's lots of examples because um, I think that's always helpful. And Cameron, I was talking to him about this. And um, he was like, yeah, talk about that. I feel like, you know, look at my impression of Cameron. Um, he's like, yeah, talk about that. I think we, we need to talk about that more. It can't just be in the head. It has to, it has to be, you know, a heart healing too. So, okay. Um, all right, let's take some examples. I was, okay. I was thinking of having like four or five people come up, but then you would have to represent a certain like, um, wound or sin and then I was like oh that that's kind of putting you on the spot that might be kind of awkward <laughs> yeah I could make build wall for <laughs> I just won't do it because I don't want anybody to get embarrassed if they're like oh she just said anyway okay all right so let's say um let's say someone was um their wound in their heart was oh I'm not going Reuben just glanced up at Reuben, here. Okay, now I'm uh, now I'm good. Okay, so let's say someone um, has a wound that they have just felt rejected, and they they just have a hard time feeling accepted, and that is a serious wound, right? And so um, all of a sudden, the enemy wants to tempt them, and something that they could easily. I mean, this is just an example, you guys. But something that they could easily fall for could be like um, they might tend to lie or gossip to be accepted. So in order for that person to really be able to overcome, um, you know, their tendency to lie or to gossip, you know, to be accepted, they would need to have their heart healed up from the wound of not being accepted and the pain of when they were rejected so many times when they were younger. Does that make sense? Okay, what about if somebody wanted comfort? Well, the comfort is a real need. Or if they were just simply bored, well, they could um, fall for the sin of looking at pornography or maybe eating it excessively some their 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 wound is that they have a vacancy they need comfort or they they need something there's some wound there that god um needs to heal so that they can have freedom to overcome or uh, maybe someone thought that having more money would make them more powerful 
They just never feel like they felt like they had had power. So maybe they began they um, began stealing or getting out of hand with gambling or something because they just or being greedy because they felt like, hey, if this if I have more money, then I'll be more powerful. Well, what does that person really need to deal with? That heart wound of um, of that initiated those falling for those sins. If someone um, grow, grew up feeling like they're never going to have enough, they they always are lacking. They never have enough. Well, they could they could find themselves being greedy and having a difficulty trusting the Lord. Why can't I trust Him? Or why why is it so hard for me to be generous? We'll go back, ask the Lord, what's going on in my heart? Why is this hard for me? And let him show you um, <clears throat> where you felt like you weren't cared for, like you, you would never have enough. And, and so um, that is so good to do. Um, what about someone who grows up <clears throat> feeling misunderstood by their parents? Like my parents just don't get me ever, and, and that's just, Maybe that child felt super restricted, and so as a result of that wound, they, you know, um, decided to do drugs and alcohol or something, some some rebellious thing to try to uh, tend that wound. Really, they need to let the Lord um, heal that first. Um, or sometimes um, people grew up, or in their past, they felt like out of control, like they weren't safe um, because, you know, their just environment wasn't safe. And so they decided, I have to be in control at all times. And so they ended up being a very controlling, manipulative person who maybe uses their anger to control people or uses their silence to control people. Well, they need healing for that initial, you know, wound so that they can have freedom from um, being, you know, using their anger improperly. Um, or um, what about somebody who is struggling with being lazy? You know, they, um, that's, that's the Lord clearly, clear, you know, he wants us to rest, but being lazy is not um, obeying the Lord. Um, well, maybe that person has a, a wound in their heart that says um, that they're a failure even before they start, you know, and, and they just feel defeated anyway. So how, I mean, how hard would it be for that person to overcome laziness if they never dealt with that wound of I'm, I'm a failure before I start, you know? So these are all things that, that we need to look at. If you have a sin that you find yourself um, frequently kind of succumbing to, ask the Lord, what is the wound? What, what's going on deeper in my heart? Let him reveal that to you and get the, the healing and restoration, um, the, the freedom that comes through that. Um, also, traditional counseling is great, too. They do kind of different things, and are both very helpful. Um, so here's a little example from my life. I, um, I, I was having a difficult time fasting. You know, God expects us to fast when you fast as believers. And I used to fast, like, 
in my 20s and stuff, I didn't ever remember it being something that was hard for me to do. Um, and so I just had to ask the Lord, like, why? It, oh, and I had taken years off from fasting because I was pregnant or breastfeeding or whatever. And so it just didn't work to fast for that span of time. I actually would fast other things, um, not food. But anyway, so, you know, now you know, my kids are older, I want to get back into fasting. God, why? I just have this aversion to it. What's going on? Would you show me what's going on in my heart? And um, I had no idea I had, I had this wound, you guys. That's why we need the Holy Spirit to reveal it to us. But he showed me that I had a wound that um, um, I believed that if I am hungry, bad things will happen. And it's because when Micah turned one, we, you know, you take them to their appointments when they're like two weeks, a month, three months, six months. Every time he's right in like the 30th percentile of weight and like 60th for height or something. He's just always kind of on that. I take him in for his one year, and he's in the negative 20th percentile for weight. And I just felt horrible. Well, it's because I had just started eating really healthy. I had, like, no fat and sugar in my diet. And um, I was forgetting to eat because I was busier. And so that created a wound. Like, if I don't, like, I have to eat to take care of my family. And it translated into, like, if I'm hungry, bad things happen. Isn't that weird? <laughs> but it's so true. So I had to like let God heal me from that and like for you know, just forgive me for not knowing. And it was just really good. And then all of a sudden I could I could fast again, you know, and it and so just whatever it might be, it's just worth pursuing. Okay, so um The next little heading under go on offense is fight evil. You know, we're renewing our minds and our hearts, and we want to protect our minds and our hearts against the evil one. That is, um, you know, he's really at work to see us stumble and trip up, and so we want to fight against that. I have a quote from our dear senior pastor, Cameron Wright. He said, Whenever you sin, the devil is involved. Realizing that makes me all the more cautious about sin. I'm not indulging. I'm agreeing with the tempter. Like, wow, <laughs> that's so true. It's not just like, oh, I'll just indulge in this little sin. No, I'm actually agreeing, getting on the same side as the tempter. Ooh, that, that really... Um, said that that just helps him so much to be able to resist temptation. Um, and, and the real battle, we know from Ephesians 6.12, that the real battle is against spiritual wickedness in high places. It's not against, you know, flesh and blood. The real battle isn't against between people, you know. What's really, the real battle is, is the unseen, the spiritual realm. Um, and God gives us weapons to fight. So 2 Corinthians 10, 4 and 5 says, The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of this world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. 
We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. And so God gives us armor to wear. We have that shield of faith that when um, the enemy shoots a fiery dart of, of a lie, we can be like, nope. I know the truth. My faith is in God and, and deflect that. Um, we have the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God that we can um, go on offense with. That's, you know, the scriptures and being full of the truth and be able to speak that out. Um, so, um, but whenever, um, whenever the enemy's at work, the, he wants to tempt us. And then we have a choice. So the temptation part, um, I have a verse for that. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to man. So there, there's not a new temptation out there. It's going to be something that he's tried before on lots of different people. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. A couple things about that verse. Um, when it says he provides a way out, or other translations, a way of escape, look for that way of escape. A lot of times it's leaving the situation. A lot of times if you can just physically leave, that helps so much. If you're around people, you're tempted to gossip or they're gossiping and you're wanting to say something, walk away or if you're wanting to look at pornography on a screen or whatever literally drop your phone or whatever walk away if you're about to um you know have unwholesome words come out of your mouth because you're mad at your spouse or your whatever walk away i need a <laughs> i need a break i don't want to say something that i'm going to regret later i don't want to hurt you i'm upset i need walk away you know so he provides that way of escape for us um and then this other part where he says he will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear um that's interesting because it's not um it is not god uh what did i write he's not he's never going to give you more than you can handle that's not in there the, the truth is, he's never going to give you more than he can handle. And, and a lot of times, you know, there are situations, it's too much. We can't handle it. And in those times, it's like um, it, it forces us to go to him because it's more. It's way more than we can handle, but it's not more than he can handle. So in um, so just know that that's, that's the reality of that verse, that with him we can handle it, you know? So there's, we have this temptation and then we have a choice. We get to choose to say yes or no to it. Um, and um, so it's like now we're Adam and Eve in the garden. How many of you have ever thought like, I wonder if, what it would be like if they never had sinned? Have you ever thought about that? Like, why did they have to eat the fruit? Like, could they have just eating a different piece of fruit from all the other trees. Like, ah, uh, what would have happened if they just had not done that? Well, um, guess what? We have that choice every day because now we are Adam and Eve. See, because 
the the story of Adam and Eve doesn't just tell us about the original history of the first sin. It's that is not its only purpose. It also tells us how sin works. Okay, and so um, we have we're in paradise. We're in the garden because we have freedom in Christ. We've been restored to relationship that Adam lost. Right. We can eat of the tree of life. That's Jesus. He's the tree of life. And um, we're still on earth. The, um, Jesus hasn't come back yet. The enemy is still tempting. And God has given us the power to resist temptation so we can stay in paradise. So that's the dynamic. Um, and so I, um, I, as I was preparing for this message, I've been really kind of tuned in to like when the enemy's like tempting me and being like, I have a choice and just being really aware um, of that. And I was at work the other day. Um, I work part time at church as a pastoral assistant, which I love, by the way, I love working for our church. So great. And then I also am a hairdresser part time. And so the enemy totally wanted me to be envious of my coworker. We both had a 10 o'clock appointment coming in and the door, the bell rings and Oh, it's her client, not mine. And I was like, you know, my whole, it's like you're, you get behind, you're going to, they're late. And then, then you're probably gonna be late for the rest of your appointments. And it's just like, and the enemy want, he, he's totally whispering some things in my ear and wanted me to be envious of her, that her client, and she was going to get to have her day, you know, straight and, and flow smooth. And I was just like, no, <laughs> I was like, I'm not, I'm not going to be envious. Um, but that's literally what we can do when, the, when Satan's tempting us, just, just acknowledge, no, you know, I'm not falling for that. That's, that is not God's way. Go get away from me, Satan, in the name of Jesus. I also actually have um, an ungodly belief prayer for you guys out there if you need it. And then also freedom from demonic oppression. Since we're talking about fighting evil, um, if you um, need that resource, that's out there too to, to fight that. So, so that's the next step. Fight evil. All right, guys. And then lastly, undergoing on offense is learning new habits, new ways of responding to the same old situations, right? Because we're going to keep having those same situations come up. So, um, you know, think of situations where you would frequently sin and ask God, you know, what do you have to say about that? How, what's your way of handling it? Um, what's your perspective? What what do you think I should focus on? Um, and and think about what your new actions will be, okay? Um, and role play that out in your mind. This is just a good practical tip. Play it out in your mind. Practice it out in your mind. Okay, this person says this. Normally I would do this, but not anymore. I'm going to do this and practice it out so that when it really comes up in life, you're kind of prepared. Um, and, and also under learning new habits, I think it's so good to um, talk to a Christian who's further along in their faith than you. 
talk to them and ask for prayer, ask for accountability, um, ask for encouragement. Let, let somebody in on that with you so you're not just trying to overcome just you and God. That's good, but, you know, he has us in a community for a reason. Um, also, strengthen your spirit man. Remember how Cameron did that example of our body, soul, and spirit? You know, our spirit needs to be the strongest one so that our spirit can lead our soul and body. And so if your spirit man's kind of weak, strengthen that up so that it can lead your soul and body toward godliness, toward holiness. And by the way, fasting is a great way to do that because you're denying your body um, and, and the spirit is in charge. And so that's a great way to kind of uh, strengthen your, your spirit man. Um, but I want to just read to you guys, because I have just a couple more minutes. Um, in Ephesians 4, um, starting in verse 25, if you have your Bible, you can open. I just, God is so good. He, he gives us things to focus on and what to do instead of our old sinful patterns. And if, if this is something that you really want to read more about, read, um, Paul's, um, letters to the churches in, in the New Testament, uh, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, those are full of like lists of sins not to do and what to do instead. It's really helpful. Okay. But in Ephesians 4, 25, Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to his neighbor, for we are all members of one body. So he's saying, okay, if you used to lie, speak truth to your neighbor now. It gives you something to do, something to focus on, uh, somewhere to go instead of just thinking, don't lie, don't lie, don't lie, don't lie. You know, speak truth. And why? Because we're, we're all one. We're all, you don't want to divide yourself and lie to yourself. We're all part of one body. That's why. Okay, how about verse 26? In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you're still angry. Do not give the devil a foothold. Okay, so if you get upset, it says don't sin. And why? Because you're giving the devil a foothold, you know? Um, he's been stealing. Steal no longer. What should you do instead? Work. Do something useful with your hands. Then you'll have something to share with those in need gives you something productive to do so you have something to share with people. That is so encouraging. Um, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs so that it may benefit those who listen. So if you kind of always had unwholesome talk coming out of your mouth, what can you do now? You can um, speak what's helpful, build other people up. Um, instead, you can focus on that. Um, verse 31, get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Malice is like the intention or desire to do evil. Be kind and compassionate to one another. So this is, this is what's, what you're supposed to do instead of all that. Be kind, be compassionate, forgive each other, because God did. Be imitators of God. Let's act like him, his dearly loved children. We're already loved. We're already accepted. Yeah, and so um, live a life of love just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering 
and sacrifice to God. So I just encourage you just to, to read and, and really grow in this area. If you are looking for um, something super practical, if you have just some bad you know, habits, some destructive habits or even addictions, um, Bill listened to this book, an audio book, and he, I mean, you can read it too, but this has been great. Um, it gives great tips for just understanding. It's called The Habit Loop. Um, and it breaks it down, helps you understand the habit and helps you change parts of it so that you can have a healthy habit instead. So there's a book for you if you need something really practical. But, um, in closing, um, yeah, just what area of life can you apply this to? Let's just close our eyes and, um, and just spend a few moments in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you that attaining victory is possible with you. You are so good. And I just pray for everyone here, God, that you would just um, maybe bring to mind um, an area where they could apply these steps to. What is, what is a sin in their life um, that you would like to see them come into a greater place of freedom? God, I just pray that you would just make this real practical and, and help us apply this to our lives.